0: Welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. Let's see, turn with me to uh, Jeremiah chapter 6. And can I see a show of hands of how many of you were not with us last Wednesday night in the service or watching online? You were not here. Okay. We started a new series, and you can see right behind me here, and they'll be putting it up on the screen here in a minute, uh, the JPEG of the series title, Honoring God More. And so let me just explain before we even go to the scripture. We're going to talk for a series for a while about how we can grow in our honoring of the Lord because this isn't something we cap out in. This isn't something we go to a certain level and that's it. We can honor God more every day of our life. This is something we can increase in. It's a heart attitude. It's seen in obedience. It's seen in actions as well, but we can go higher. This is something that you can grow in. And that's why we're not saying that people in here tonight aren't honoring God at all. I think we're probably all honoring God to a degree. Well, just by being here, that's honoring the Lord and the things of God. Because you can do a thousand and one other things tonight. You chose to hear the Word, worship God, right? You chose to be around God's people. That's an honorable thing. And so I know we're all honoring God to a degree, but I want to talk about honoring Him more. Because I found out from the Scriptures, and you're going to see through this series, that the more we honor Him, the more He can honor us back. And when God honors you, you know it. And everybody around you knows it. It's not some invisible little feeling. It's tangible, it's substantial, and it's powerful. It's life-changing. Honor comes in the form of so many things that you see in the natural that are wonderful and great. And we'll look at some of those things tonight, because that's one of the things I want to talk about tonight, is what happens when we do honor the Lord more. What does the Bible say that happens to us when we honor Him more? Anybody interested in more honor from the Lord? Okay. So turn with me to, uh, excuse me, Jeremiah 6. And I just wanted to read this scripture one more time. I'm not sure we're going to read this scripture every single time we we teach on this, but it's something I want you to see if you weren't here last week. Um, Let's look at Jeremiah 6 and verse 16. Jeremiah 6, 16. And they may not have that up on the screen yet because... The computer is rebooting. Tell me when it's up there, somebody. Jeremiah 6, 16. And this is also another reason you should invest in your own Bible and and bring it with you to church because sometimes technical things like this have glitches. But you know what? This right here, don't need no batteries for this. Don't need no outlets. Don't need no AC, Right. You can take your Bible with you anywhere you go. So in Jeremiah 6, I want you to notice in verse 16, the Bible says, Thus says the Lord, Stand you in the ways and see, and ask for the old paths. God says, When you're praying, ask for the old paths or the old ways. Where is the good way? And walk therein, and you shall find rest for your souls. But they said, We will not walk in the old paths. Now, I mean, all people have free will. They don't have to do what God says. These people chose not to do it, and I'm sure they reaped the results, which I'm sure was not very good. You know, when you're not on the path that God has for your life, there's an enemy out there. You know, just like a wolf goes after stray sheep the devil looks for lone ranger Christians because he knows if they're not under the prayer covering not walking with God then they're open to pop shots of the enemy it's not about God why did this happen it's about why do people take the wrong road that God told them not to take you're gonna experience bad things on wrong roads if you go down wrong roads and it's not gonna be the will of God you can't blame the Lord you can't blame your neighbor you can't blame your dog Right? If you choose to go down a wrong road and experience bad things, is that God's will? Is whatever happens in your life God's will? No. If everything that happened in your life was God's will, why did the Lord say pray, change some things, believe God? Right, right. No, everything that happens is not His will. You've got to watch out about going down wrong roads. This scripture says, think about the old paths. The old paths are God's paths. And I don't care how futuristic our world gets, there's nothing old-fashioned about God. His old paths are not old-fashioned. They're powerful, they're high-tech, they're life-saving, and we should never say, well, you know, I know back in the day, you know, that was was a bad thing. But you know, today, everybody's doing it, you know? I mean, today, it's not as bad as it was. If it was bad 2,000 years ago, it's bad today. I don't care what the... The world says, or what the leaders say, if it was bad 2,000 years ago, it's bad today. If it was an abomination to God 4,000 years ago, it's an abomination to God today. It would do us all well to go to the book of Proverbs and find the six things the Lord hates, yea, seven that are an abomination to Him, and realize those things He still hates today. And what He hates, we should hate. And he's not talking about people. He's talking about practices, lifestyles, heart attitudes, thoughts. It's an interesting list. You should go read it sometimes. But whatever he don't like, we should not like. If he says it's wrong, we should say it's wrong. Even if 95% of other church people say it's okay, we're going with the old paths. Because the old paths are God's paths. All right, so now turn to Ephesians chapter 6. Sometimes people will say, well, that was in the Old Testament, and we don't have to follow that today. Well, that's uh, interesting for people to say that, because a lot of what's in the Old Testament, the New Testament says, is still in effect today. Now, there's some things we know we don't have to have animal sacrifices anymore, right? Jesus, the Lamb of God, was slain for the sins of the whole world. Doesn't have to be slain again. No more animals need to be killed to cover people's sins, right? Right? We know circumcision in the flesh is is not necessary to be in a covenant with God in these days. Um, There's a few other things that have passed away, but a lot of what's in the Old Testament is for today. It's just we abide by it from the heart, not from a carnal commandment. All right, so now look here in Ephesians 6. Tell me, somebody tell me, I'm going to give you a really hard question tonight. Is the book of Ephesians New Testament or Old Testament? How many agree it's in the New Testament? Right? It's it's in the the zone and in the dispensation that we live in. So look at verse 1, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. I'm hoping you guys have at least the Scriptures fixed by now. Scripture's not fixed yet? Still got a red light up there? Okay. um, So let's read Ephesians 6 in verses 1 through 3. If you don't have a Bible and you have an iPhone or you have a Bible app on your phone, you can use that at this time. We encourage people not to use their phones for anything else during a church service, um, unless you're a doctor and you're on call or something like that. But if you want, I'd really like you to see these words. So again, make sure next time that you bring a Bible because you never know if something like this is going to try to happen. Okay, so, so can you make it bigger, guys? Okay, good. Thank you. So if you don't have a Bible, you can look up on the screen. The Bible says... New Testament says, children, obey. Oh, that's old-fashioned. I think we should just let kids do what they want to do, you know? You know, they got to grow up and learn. Uh, Obey may be an old path, but it will save your life if God said to do it. This scripture is talking about today. Children, should children learn to obey their parents? How are they going to learn to obey their parents? parents are going to teach them this scripture. They're going to sit them down when they have to discipline them and spank them and say I'm doing this not because you ticked me off. I'm doing this because I want it to be well with you. And I want you to live long on the earth. I'm doing this. I'm I'm going to spank you. I'm going to discipline you, son or daughter, because the Lord said to. And how many of you remember the scripture? He that spares the rod hates his child. That's the Bible. It's not, spare the rod, spoils his child. I don't know where that came in. That's weak. The Bible's stronger than that. The Bible says, if you spare the rod, when you're supposed to discipline your kids and you don't don't discipline them, you hate your child. You don't love them at that moment. Because if you really loved them, you'd want them to get get stirred and molded to the right road so they're not destroyed later by being on the wrong road. And actually, we're going to find out here also that not disciplining your children when they're dishonoring the Lord is you dishonoring the Lord by not disciplining your children. Now, I, I guess I should have said this. I, I told Carla that I was going to say it. At the very top of my notes tonight, I have this sentence to tell you. And I, it might be a little late now since we just locked the doors and nobody can get out. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, caution. I have a caution for you tonight. The subject matter that you're going to hear tonight is very meaty and very sobering. And this is our midweek service. We call it Midweek Meet. Because we, get a, we say things on Wednesday I don't have liberty to say on Sundays. There's something about the Wednesday crowd that you want to go deeper. You want to go further with God and you're able to hear on a higher level. And so we're going to say, and you should be complimented because if God has me share real heavy things... He must see that you're ready to handle it and you're not just a wha wah baby anymore that you can actually handle this. Amen? Amen? So if you ever hear something meaty and it's like real challenging, just know the Lord believes in you so much that He knew you could handle it. Yeah, it may sting a little. Yeah, it may hurt a little. Yeah, you may have to go home, fall across the bed and repent and say, God, forgive me. And He will. But you should take it as a compliment. So I just wanted to say that because we are going to say some pretty meaty things tonight. In um, Ephesians 1, go back. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. So, Somebody say this. Obedience, obedience is, a is a good thing. How about we put it like this? Being told what to do and doing it is a good thing. Want to talk about your parents as long as they're not you know, trying to get you to sin or something. Right? But now, the next verse, okay, so we know obedience is basically doing what you're told to do from your higher-ups. Whether it's a parent, an employer, uh, uh, somebody in authority. okay, Obedience is good. Say this. Obedience Obedience. is a good thing. This is a really unpopular message in the world today because nobody wants to be told what to do. And it's the reason for a ton of problems in our society today. And you'll see by the next couple of verses. But... The Lord is also requiring something else in addition to obedience that is also not being required today in schools, on the wor- in workforces, in churches, and has caused our world to be in a total chaotic mess. And you'll see why in the next couple of verses. Obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Next verse. Now we're going a little deeper. Now we're going beyond just doing something that you're told to do. Now we're going to The heart not rebelling on the inside while you're doing the obedience thing on the outside. You're not rebelling on the, you're, you're, you're right on the inside and you're right on the outside. And the Bible says, if your kids needs to learn this at home, they need to learn this at home. Parents need to be requiring certain things from their children that God says that they need to do. And parents need to make sure they're training their kids in this area because God will hold the parents responsible for kids that move into a life of dishonor if it's because parents never taught them these things. All right, I know it's a little heavy, but he says, "Honor your father and mother," which is the first commandment in the Old Testament. But he's bringing it into the New Testament. Teach children honor your parents in the Lord. Go back, father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. You want to know what the promise is for honoring your parents? Here, let me put it this way. You want to know what the promise is for learning the principles of honor at home that will start to show up in your life for the rest of your life? You want to know what the promises are for learning honor and not rebelling? Getting these things straight? Next verse. That it may be well with you, children. And that you may live long on the earth. Learning honor will help you to be protected from things that other people are being destroyed with. Learning honor will help you to live in a safe zone when others are falling at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it won't come near you. This is why the devil is doing his best to promote rebellion, to promote, I'm gonna do it my way, to promote, I don't know, nobody gonna tell me what to do because the devil knows if people rebel and get into dishonor and disobedience, he has access to them to attack them with diseases and problems and, and accidents. Do you understand why the devil is so big on rebellion? Now, number one, it's his nature. But the, one of the reasons he wants to get people to rebel is because he knows if people rebel, it won't be well with them and they won't live long on the earth. Anybody interested in being well with you? You know, no days in the hospital. No days in jail. I I mean, what what does it mean to you, well with you? How many want it to be well with you? Then you're in the right place, because we're talking about how it happens. How does it may be well with you happen? learning obedience and learning honor and making sure it's a core part of your life. And we're going to talk a little about what honor is in just a minute. We're going to define it and then we're going to talk some more about what it is. And we're going to go to some scriptures that are a little heavy that we don't always share, especially on Sunday mornings. But we're going to share them tonight because I believe it's time. We're we're in the last days. The end of all things is at hand. God's, God's basically requiring us to come up so we can stay above a lot of the junk that's happening around us in these perilous, dangerous, difficult times. Our Father loves us so much. And if you, just, if you see this scripture right here, the promise of learning honor is that it may be well with you. And we need to get back to some old-fashioned honor. You know, we just read the scripture, right? The old paths. But there was a bunch of people saying, we're not going to walk in no old paths. We're the new generation. We're the futuristic generation. We can do this. And It doesn't matter. Oh, maybe I was sinned 2,000 years ago. It's not sin now. God understands. God understands that you're not taking the old paths seriously. So, turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 2. And as you're turning to 1 Samuel chapter 2, I'm going to give you the definition, the Hebrew definition of honor. And some other definitions uh, that spring off of that. So when you hear the word honor, now one of the first things that comes to my mind is honest, which we'll talk about in a later session. But if you're really going to be a person of honor, you're going to have to have courage to be honest. And listen, it takes courage to be honest at times, to reveal things, uncover things, expose secrets in your life to the people you need to expose them to or whatever. But that's the only way you get mercy. The Bible says, mercy and truth meet together. Right? So if you want to have a head-on collision with mercy, you need to be honest. And we'll talk about that in a later session. But let me say this. Honor defined is this. To treat with great deference and courtesy. To treat with great deference or yielding and courtesy. The actual clearest word-for-word definition of this word honor in the Hebrew, which is what the scriptures come from in the Old Testament, means to make heavy. Okay? Honor means to make In other words, his things are not light to us. They're very serious to us. Very important. We need to make a big deal out of what God says in his word. We honor, to say, I honor the things of God or I honor the Lord, that means he is not a side issue or an add-on in your life if you have room. His things aren't just crammed in your already overbooked schedule. You make room for things you honor. It means to make heavy. It's like, wow, that's heavy, man. What? God, the things of God, his word to us, church, walking in love, right? Honor means we make it heavy. It's a very heavy situation in our life. It's not fluffy and light like, oh, well, whatever. That's dishonor. Lightly esteeming the things of God is dishonoring the things of God. All right. So that's the definition to treat with great deference and courtesy to make heavy or to make a big deal out of. Um, turn with me to 1 Samuel 2. And I'm going to jump down to verse 25. And I don't know if you guys have the Young's Literal translation back there. Give me a green light if you got the YLT translation, Young's Literal. I think you do. And we're going to read it out of here. And, yes, you do. Okay, so they're going to get ready to put that up on the screen. Don't put it up yet, but verse 25. But let me say this. This came to me as I was praying tonight. Honor is doing something you don't necessarily want to do. But you do it anyway because you have honor for the one who told you to do it. See, honor doesn't mean you agree with everything your leaders are saying. You don't have to agree to honor. Let me say this. You don't have to agree with the President of the United States to honor him. But God still requires we honor even if we don't agree. See, this is where a lot of people are getting messed up. And I'm going to share some things, like I said. I hope hope it doesn't, you know, ruffle your feathers, but, you know, if it does, maybe just turn around and it'll be a nice, smooth pet, you know? (laughs) Um, But 1 Samuel chapter 2, look at verse 25 in the Young's Literal Translation. This is about as literal as you can get as far as the translation that's out today. Go ahead and put it up there, guys. 1 Samuel 2, 25. It's interesting to read this because it's a little backwards, but it, it's, it's the literal, literal meaning here. God's talking here to Eli, and he really blew it. And we'll read that later. He says, If a man sin against a man, then has God judged him. But if, against Je- if you sin against Jehovah, a man sin, wh- who doth pray for him? And they hearken, Eli's sons, needed heavily disciplined, And they hearkened not to the voice of their father Eli, though God had delighted to put them to death. Now I'm going to give you a little background about this whole thing here, and we'll read it in just a second. Eli's two sons were priests in the temple, and they were doing very perverted and wicked things to the women that were that were working in the temple. It said they lay with them at the door of the tabernacle constantly. And Daddy, Eli, said, in one one of these verses we're going to read, he said, you guys are doing something wrong. You should stop doing this. You should stop doing this. And then Eli said up there, that was Eli, not God talking. Eli said, don't you know that if you sin against a man, you know he'll be judged, but if you sin against God, who's going to pray for you? And then the scripture says that the two sons who were living this perverted lifestyle... Did not listen to their father in his correction, even though they knew the Lord was going to allow them to be destroyed. It's so interesting to me to see that there are some people that would rather be destroyed than to repent and to admit I was wrong. You're not going to take my fun away from me. I don't care if I die young. I don't care. It's, a, it's amazing to see that some people are so bent and so steeped in sin and pride that they'd rather die than change. They'd rather die than to admit they're wrong. Wow. And that's what it said here about Hopfist and Phine- Phineas. Hop- I think that was their name. So go now. I'm going to do this. We're going to read a little more of the context here. So let's go back to verse Verse 22. Um, 1 Samuel 2, 22, and let's read a few verses here. Let's let's read through verse 30, and you'll get some more context now of what was going on here. Eli is the high priest. His two sons were working with him in the church, so to speak, or the temple. And uh, verse 22, are you guys there? Okay, let me get there. So it says, Eli was very old and heard all that his sons did unto all Israel and how they lay with the women that assembled at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And Eli said to them, Why do you do such things? For I hear of your evil dealings by all this people. Know, my sons... For it is no good report that I hear. You make the Lord's people to transgress. And now let's read out of King James here. If one man sin against another, the judge shall judge him. But if a man sin against the Lord, who shall, who shall entreat for him? Notwithstanding, they hearken not to the voice of their father, because the Lord would slay them. Interesting terminology here. Um, now let's read in verse 27. <clears throat> and there came a man of God unto Eli and said unto him, Thus says the Lord... Did I plainly appear unto you in the house of your father when you were in Egypt, in Pharaoh's house? This prophet's telling Eli now some judgment. And did I not choose him out of all the tribes of Israel to be a priest, to offer upon my altar, to burn incense, to wear an ephod before me? And did I give unto your house and thy father all the offerings made by fire of the children of Israel? Now God, through the prophet, says to Eli, why are you kicking at my sacrifice? And at my offering, which I've commanded in my habitation. And God said, you honor your sons above me, and you make yourselves fat with the chiefest of all the offerings of Israel, my people. This is an interesting thought. So God is saying right here, number one, Eli... You are honoring your sons above me. You should have not only said, no, my sons, the thing you're doing is not good. You should have disciplined them and spanked them or done whatever you can do at their age and say, you are out of this position until you repent. You cannot be doing holy things in the church and not repent when you're involved in these things. Now you read later, they were both destroyed the same day When the Philistines came and got the Ark of the Covenant and stole it and the glory of God departed from Israel and they were killed in one day, just just a few days after this. Just like the Lord had said. How many know bad things happen if you don't repent? And it's not the will of God, it's just that people refuse to repent. There is a devil. And if you open the door to him, he will do his best to devour you. You shut the door by repenting and saying, Lord, I was wrong, forgive me. And then you're back in his protection. But he said, you kicked at my sacrifice, and he said, um, you're making yourself fat with all the offerings of the people. And it, it's interesting here because we look at this and we see the priest who was receiving offerings that were to go to the Lord, but he was taking more than his portion. And God said that was dishonoring, us one of the reasons judgment's coming. How many know it's wrong to take the portion of God and eat it yourself? It's a dishonoring thing. And in these days, it was more severe. It looks like we live under grace now, but it doesn't mean God's changed. It just means you got a little more time to repent. And, <laughs> right? Now, I know this sounds a little heavy, but guys, it, it's, it's, it's so important to realize that honor has dropped in our day, way below where it should be. And it's causing a lot of problems in children. It's causing problems in families. It's causing problems in schools. It's causing problems in society. I mean, do you know, we're living in a time right now that if a kid in school is just a little bit too strongly corrected for something, God forbid, spanked, which I remember in my day, I got spanked in school, and it helped me. It steered me away from maybe premature death later because I realized, you know, this is serious stuff. i got to quit rebelling here, quit ditching and quit lying and I got spanked in school, and I was glad I did. And one of the saddest things, if if somebody, if a kid was to get spanked in school today, that kid would probably go home, tell his parents, parents would call an attorney, and sue somebody and the school. And you know what? That's absolutely unbiblical that they should even be able to do that. One of the reasons there's so many problems in our nation right now is because people are not being required to honor. Honor does not come natural. It needs to be required. It needs to be required in schools. I don't know if we'll ever get back there. I don't know. But you know what? Your home, you have total control over your home. And you can get your kids to any level of honor you decide to get them to. I know me personally, in my personal life, I didn't learn much about obedience or honor in my life because I had kind of a dysfunctional family. My dad died when he was 37, alcoholism and all this stuff. Lived in Southern California, it was terrible. But I didn't get the discipline at home that I should have got But it didn't mean I didn't get it later, like I said last week. I got it later, it was just through the form of detective rushing with handcuffs, and he put me in the police car and took me down to jail. I still got the discipline, but I would would have much rather had a spanking that lasted two minutes than spend the night in jail. And it didn't go well with me. It didn't go well with me. And one of the number one reasons is because I didn't know honor. If I would have known honor, I wouldn't have committed grand theft. And just a newsflash, committing grand theft is not an honorable thing, just in case in case anybody wants to know. It's not an honorable thing, and you will get in trouble for it. But I would have much rather got the paddle and, learn, and, and kind of been molded into that when I was still wet cement. You know, children are wet cement. It's the best time to teach them. Before the cement dries, you know, then it's cracking and breaking and all kinds of stuff, remolding. But here, let's read on now here. Eli was being rebuked here pretty strongly. And I want to go to a couple more scriptures here. Let's go to chapter 3, verse 11 through 13. And the Lord said to Samuel, now this is talking about the prophet Samuel, and uh, he's speaking about judgment that's coming on Eli. Eli. And the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I'm going to do a thing in Israel at the which both the ears of everyone that hears it will tingle. In that day, God said, I'll perform against Eli things which I have spoken concerning the house, his house. When I begin, I will also make an end. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knows. See, he knew this. This wasn't something he didn't know. Because his sons made themselves vile and daddy restrained them not. So what's going on here? And therefore I have sworn unto the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be purged with sacrifice nor offering forever. So what's going on here? One of the things that's going on here is he honored his sons above honoring God by not restraining them when they were vile. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Parents have a loving responsibility to make sure our kids, to the best of now, I'm not I'm not saying if your kids are out there and they're in rebellion or whatever that something bad's gonna happen to you, and you know that's not what I'm saying at all. Because a lot of times people didn't even know these. It said Eli knew these things. He had he wasn't like, oh God, I didn't know. He knew everything and he didn't do it. And so they were, the two sons were slain on the battlefield, and when they came and got the ark, Eli heard the news. He's like 97 years old, sitting on a wall, and it says he fell backward, and his neck broke, and he died. He was a very large man, and his end was not good. His son's end was not good, and it's all traced back to this not honoring when he should have honored. What would have been the honorable thing? He would have called his two sons by name and said, you are getting out of the ministry right now. Do you hear me? Out. Until you get your act together, you will not work in this church anymore. You will not work in this, you need to take a break. But it said they didn't repent. They didn't listen to their father. And their father let them continue to do vile things, and therefore judgment came upon daddy, not just the sons, because daddy could have done something about it. After a time, I realize your kids are on their own, and you can't do much more for them. But when they're at home, and they're with you, right, sometimes... So go back now. I want to show you the main scripture I wanted to bring out of all this in Samuel is go back to um, 1 Samuel 2, and I believe it's verse 30. 1 Samuel 2, 30. Wherefore the Lord God of Israel says, I said indeed that Eli your house and the house of your father should walk before me forever. But now the Lord says, be it far from me. For them that honor me, I will honor. And they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Everybody say lightly. See, lightly, heavy. Light, heavy. Light, heavy. You following? So here gives us a tremendous definition of honor. And I want to I bring it out to you guys here before we close. Um, dishonor does not mean you don't esteem at all. It just means you're esteeming lighter than you should. See, we think dishonor is spitting and cussing. No, no, no. Dishonor is just not treating heavy what should be treated heavy, but we're kind of treating it light, like, ah, oh, that's optional, or, yeah, it's okay. I don't know if you realize this or not, but these teachings are leading this church and to seeing a lot more of the glory of God than we've ever seen before. The power of God, the miracles of God, the healings of God. The Lord put it to me like this. If you want to see more miracles, you need to up your reverence for me and my things. Come to church like I'm going to meet you there, not just like you're going to hear the praise team and pastors are going to share some words with you. How, how, how would we approach our church service Sunday morning if you knew that you knew that you knew. Let's say he, Jesus appeared to you or something and said, I'm going to meet you in church on Sunday, and I'm going to be with you all in church. How would you approach that service? See, we don't wait for an amazing service and then get our act together. We get our act together, and we get amazing services. And I'm not saying we're all flaky or all out there. I, I can come up. You can, we can all come up. What if you knew Jesus Christ himself personally was going to meet you in church next Sunday? How would you approach that service? Let me just say, I'm just going to guess, okay? We probably wouldn't wouldn't even think about committing any sin between now and Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) Knowingly, right? Right. Knowingly. And if we have, we would probably get everything right that we could get right before Sunday. Now, there's some people wouldn't even go because they'd be afraid of the anointing being so strong. How would we approach it? Well... Our honor would come way up. We'd great. I, I, I dare to say it might even affect the way we dress that morning. Huh? Does God care how we dress? I'm saying yes, no, yes, no. God cares about why you are dressing the way you're dressing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. God does care about why we're dressing the way we're dressing. Right. This is an interesting, touchy area because it all comes back to the heart. But, you know, every time I see Jesus or God in the, in the book of Revelation or the New Testament, He's decked out. In the meetings, in the public meetings, he, he, it says, he that sat on the throne looked like a jasper stone. Sometimes I think I dress nice. Jesus is seen; his feet look like brass, his hair is white as snow, and he's got a golden band around his chest—not a ring, not a gold ring—around his chest. He's decked out. I, I say this. Have you ever heard the word casual? Anybody ever hear of the word casual? Yeah. Anybody ever hear the word casualty? Do you realize being too casual in certain circumstances can lead to casualty? Yeah. Whether it's an airplane pilot or driving down the road, just being too casual. How you many know I mean, no casualness can lead to casualty? I don't think the Lord cares too much about if it's a suit or is it jeans, or if it's a dress, or, 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 or a blazer. I don't. What I think he does care about is why are you dressing the way you're dressing? And if we're casual dressed because we're casual about the things of God, that might be something he'd like to talk to you about. If the outward is a sign of the inward... See, here, I know this blows a lot of people away, I actually, I've learned these things because I I was the opposite before I got saved and I had to really do a lot of retraining, but um, I've seen honor in certain churches that's just almost blew me away the first time I saw it. People that would just do what their leader said. You know, leaders never pushing. How many know godly leaders never push anybody? If there's going to be a good working relationship between a leader and a follower, then the Bible says you have to submit to the leader, not the leader make the person submit. Submit yourselves, submit yourselves, submit yourselves. But there's a scripture in 1 Timothy that says, we ought to know how to behave ourselves in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of truth. Um, I remember one of the first times I went to the Keith Moore meetings in Branson Carla I don't think you were with me that time I remember I flew and I got my luggage got delayed and all that and so I'm going to the the dinner afterwards and they set me right next to Keith and Phyllis and all the other ministers were there as well and I'm like in my Abercrombie shirt and jeans because I didn't have my luggage I felt terrible I felt like oh man I said Keith I'm sorry man because I, I usually wear a suit and tie when I go to those meetings even though I'm not preaching because they may call me to preach <laughs> I don't want to be ready if they do, but I'm in that. And I said, Keith goes, "Oh, no problem. That, that's totally fine. No, just relax, John. You know, just take it easy. Enjoy the dinner." And I did. And I realized when you can't do something, that's one thing. But when you can and choose not to, that's a whole another deal. I had no clothes. That's all I had was what I wore on the plane. Yeah. But it's so interesting because we we go to these meetings every year. That we go, we go every year. Been doing it for a decade or more, to, at least once or twice a year. And we go to the meetings. And as we're sitting in the meetings, all of a sudden, Keith and Phyllis walk in without anybody saying anything. Every minister, like 50 to 100 ministers, stand up, totally quiet, just let Brother Keith and Sister Phyllis walk in. They come in. They sit down. We all sit down. We say a prayer, and we have a wonderful meal. I've never seen that anywhere else where there is that much honor and respect in a local church. It's like people stopped what they're doing. The pastor and his wife walked in. And it was a very, and then you wonder why there's so many miracles in that ministry and so much power and, and, and so much prosperity and so much glory and so much honor. I remember Keith when he was here with us in one of our dinners here. Uh, we were walking out of the room in the church here and we were looking at the entryway. It was like 12 o'clock at night, you know, it was, it was late. We had a wonderful dinner with some ministers here. And um, he just looked around in our entryway and he goes, Yeah, this is the honor of God. The Lord's honored you. He could tell that there was honor for God in this church just by looking at the building the Lord blessed us with. Isn't that cool? I think, you know, I I think we need to get back to yes, sir, yes, ma'am. I I just think there's, there's little things we can do to get our thinking straightened out in this area so we can see more honor from the Lord. You know, honoring God is seen a lot in honoring those around us. We read in the scripture, and I have to make it quick here, but we read in the scripture, one of the first scriptures, second scripture, is that honor starts in the home with children and parents. But then the Bible says that if men don't honor their wives properly, their prayers will be hindered. So we see honor in the marriage. And of course, wives, it would be the same way, reverencing their husbands. If we don't treat our spouse right, it'll hinder our prayers. And the Bible talks about men honoring their wives properly. If we don't, our prayers will be hindered. In other words, it's kind of hard to have a wonderful conversation with God if you're uh, in strife with His daughter that you're married to. Because she's not just your wife, she's the Lord's daughter. That's why sometimes he won't even talk to you very much when you've done something to your wife you shouldn't have done or didn't honor her properly. The Lord said, I'm not going to talk to you until you get it right with my daughter, your wife. And there's also honor in the church. There's honor in the church setting. And there's honor and should be honor with us toward government leaders. Thank you for those two Little bit weak amens, but I understand. You will find in the New Testament, I I know three scriptures right now I can think of Romans chapter 13, uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, Titus chapter 3, verse 1, where it says specifically Christians, oh, uh, what he says, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man. He says, make sure you don't talk against magistrates. Honor the king. Don't be disrespectful toward the leaders of your people. I mean, I wish we had time to read it now. You're just going to have to come back. And you you need to come back because you'll love it. It it ends really good, okay? (laughs) But he, he talks about, he talks about in Romans chapter 13 that we are supposed to submit... And not, now if they tell you to denounce Jesus, that's different. But we are told to respect and honor. And when he said honor the king in 1 Peter 2, those kings weren't even saved. And he said honor them. He said be very cautious about speaking evil of dignities. There's a bunch of people in the last days, he said, we're going to do that, and they were not of the Lord. You don't have to agree with people to honor them, but you need to honor them because the one you love told you to honor them. Right. And you have to watch out. The Bible says, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for the powers that be are ordained of God. And then He starts talking about police officers. He starts talking about presidents and kings. He starts to- saying, look, you don't have to agree with them, but you need to honor Him because God, none of these positions would even be established if it wasn't for the Lord allowing people to be in these positions, he established a structure of authority and he expects us to, to respect. And I just, I see so many people, I actually was looking on a couple of videos the other day and there are some people that were really, really upset at uh, police officers, they were very, very upset at our government, and, and, and I'm talking probably a half a dozen times, different people, different videos, they, to me, they were borderline demon-possessed. The way they were growling, <sighs> I hate this and saying the f word, f word, f word, f word, hating, hating, hating. I'm thinking, if you go much farther, a demon's gonna get a hold of you. Yeah. I mean, they, I, I mean, you can tell that there, something was growling through them. I thought, chill out, man, take a break, relax. Everything gonna be all right. but see, a lot of these people have no hope of eternal life. All they have is in this life, and they're clawing and scraping, doing everything they can to to get what they can. And I understand. I used to be an unbeliever. One of the worst things we can do if we want help from our leaders is to disrespect them and dishonor them because Jesus himself could do no mighty work in his hometown, and he says it was because of their lack of honor. They saw him as a carpenter, And they totally missed him as the son of God. It's so sad that people see the president's personality and they're missing the whole calling of God in his life. They see this leader's personality and they see their little mannerisms and they miss the whole anointing on their life because they're all caught up with that he's a carpenter. And they were offended at him and they got zero mighty works you well, I, don't, I don't get anything from my leaders. Well, try respecting them more so the Lord can bless you through them because He can't bless you through them if you're disrespecting them. Right. And again, you don't have to agree with your leaders. But you do need to honor them. Yeah. I'm a little passionate about these things because I've seen way too many people hurt unnecessarily and go through unnecessary adversity yeah. because of not learning these things. Yeah. So many blessings. It would be well with people. They would live long on the earth if they would just zip this for a while, be cool, pray instead of scream, and next, in the next morning they'd be fine. So praise the Lord. Anybody want to sing Kumbaya with me? <laughs> Let's stand up, church. <laughs> Let's stand up. Well, Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for the Spirit of God who helps us to live in honor. We purpose to grow up. We purpose to go higher. We repent of any dishonoring things we've done or said. We know you'll forgive us because you're good. We are not the people that won't change. We do change. If we need to repent, we will. If we need to admit a wrong, we'll admit it. It doesn't matter how grossly anybody's messed up. What matters is, are you going to repent or not? There's no sin that God can't forgive except the sin that somebody doesn't admit they need forgiveness for are holding on to saying, no, I don't care what God said. No, that's not us. Well, Heavenly Father, we honor you tonight by being here. We go forth now with your help and with your spirit. And we just thank you for a fresh new start tonight. We're coming up. We're going higher. And we thank you. We'll get to see more of your glory than ever before. In Jesus name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry,